Hi, it's Pete here, and welcome to a bonus edition of EdTech Innovators. It's a bit unusual this week. We have an interview with Joelle Byrne, a business strategist, and she's going to be talking to us about business growth strategy for creatives. It will incorporate technology, of course, so we won't go off message, but it will be also about the following questions. Should we all have a side hustle? Does passive income really exist? And if so, what is it? Also, should we be suspicious of people when they say that you can make money online? And various other things that may come along. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Joel. I did say that it would be better if you introduced yourself because you could do it more succinctly than I could. So uh, off you go, no pressure. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. Um, so I'm Joelle Byrne. Um, I run the originally named joelleburn.com, um, but it's actually my job. I'm a business strategist, so it's my job to help people to add income streams into their business so that they can earn more money, have more time freedom, and basically live the life that they hoped they were going to live by being an entrepreneur. Mm, great. Okay. Well, that, that was a lot better than I would because it, it, I'd have been uh, going all around the houses to think if that was me. So thank you, Joelle. So what we're here to talk about, I suppose, um, there's a, a few things that we touched upon before uh, we started recording, uh, weren't there? So one of them was obviously the situation that we're in, how the offer has changed. Uh, I don't want to overuse the word pivot, of course, but uh, we'll talk about that in a second. That's okay with you. Mm-hmm. We'll also talk about um, within your niche of business growth and, and uh, income streams, multiple income streams and so on, um, there are, there's a bit of a feeding frenzy going on at the moment, and, but this is nothing new anyway, and uh, there is the march of the snake or salespeople, so we could talk about um, them very briefly, um, and the trolls of course, and, of course, <laughs> and how um, you are an educator too. And that's worth talking about how you empower people to do things uh, for themselves and you educate them about them and so on through some of your services. Definitely. So, um, yeah. What do we talk about first then? Well, I think the current climate's definitely uh, the, the, the situation, as I keep putting in, in inverted, inverted commas, the, the current situation, um, I think, is definitely the place where I've been starting in most conversations at the moment. It doesn't matter who I've been talking to. Um, I think you can't avoid the fact that this is a, an unprecedented, which I hate to use because that's all over the media as well, but it is, we're in a situation that we've never ever been in before. So um, I think it's always the, the right place to start at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and um, so forgive me if, um, in fact, berate me if, if, if this is inaccurate or a, a cliche, but um, <laughs> could it be that within your niche and for people who are interested in having multiple income streams that this time this situation presents a series of opportunities that really should not be passed up yes i think no you're right um and i definitely won't berate you because that's not the kind of person I oh, am. thank you <laughs> but yeah i think i would like to think that this is a lot of the time in in business and well in life generally you don't become creative until your back's against the wall so until there's a hole in the wall and there's water spraying out across the room, you don't get creative with sticking a mop in a hole or doing something to solve a problem until there is a problem. And it's been the position that I've been in for the last two or three years since I've been running this business is that 
I think people don't see a problem, so they don't necessarily come up with a solution. So that's where I'm trying to frantically wave my arms in the air and say, but you could do this. So in, in the sense of adding multiple income streams, I wished people, I almost, I'm in the told, I told you so boat, which I don't like being in, but I feel like now suddenly people are having to shut the doors. They are having to pivot, which we are going to try not to use, but because they are now suddenly have, they do have their backs against the wall. They're now in a position where they're thinking, Oh, what am I, what am I going to do? Whereas if they'd have actually been thinking a bit more creatively prior to this pandemic they wouldn't have necessarily the back as tightly pressed against the wall does that does that make sense yeah that does make sense yeah, yeah. and so, and desperately trying to get people to sort of i don't want to be in the i told you so boat but i also want people to now take this opportunity and grab it with both hands mm -hmm. and then they can keep it running after life returns to normal i hope i hope mm -hmm. well uh, i mean I don't, I don't want to be pessimistic but um wouldn't we imagine that life isn't going to return to normal for quite a long time and therefore that idea of having to be you know creative and innovative is going to be equally important for quite a, a long time yeah i think so and i i'm lucky that i'm in a position to be able to help and educate people on the topic mm. um but like you mentioned earlier there are others that are suddenly deciding that they can also educate people on the topic who perhaps maybe haven't necessarily had the experience and don't necessarily have the ideas um, that they're literally going to give everybody, no matter what business they're in, the same solution. Mm. And that really isn't, isn't necessarily the answer. Um, mm. the, the thing about adding additional income streams into your business, whether you are um, an accountant or a creative artist or a, anything, anything at all, is about making sure that you remain aligned with what you're already doing. Mm. Because if you suddenly go off on a tangent and you are an accountant and you decide you're gonna start selling lipstick as a side hustle, it just doesn't flow, it doesn't work and you confuse people. Mm -hmm. And my, I get nervous about people out there who suddenly decide that they're gonna tell, oh, just create a course or write a membership or you know, add these income streams, but mm. then they're not necessarily aligned 100% with the existing business mm. and that's the position that I come from is that it needs to be right in order to have the longevity that we were talking about and no I don't think it is being pessimistic to say that um, this is going to potentially take us into the up to the end of the year I think we're going to be impacted for a long time mm. um, but these are the sorts of things that if you do it right and if you do it right last year or right now you're going to reap the rewards for a really long time if you get mm. it right and you, you remain aligned with your business and what it is that you stand for and your values as well. Mm. Oh, well, I'm just crossing off um, lipstick business from my to-do list. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a sort of, uh, well, it's not really a devil's advocate type of question, but it's a, it's a thoughtful question. But, but I, I put it to you, Joelle Byrne, that what you're doing is educating people about themselves. Oh, wow. Um, I never really thought about like that. Um, I hope so, because as part of what I do, I'd like to inspire people to, to believe that they have it in them. That I, I genuinely believe if you've got the courage to go out there and create something new, whether that's a business or to put yourself out there on social media as a genuine person, even if it's just as who you are, 
I think that you have the courage to do other things and to be massively, massively successful. And so I would never, as my old boss used to say to me, I would never pee up your back and tell you it was raining. Um, I am very clear about um, what people should and shouldn't be doing. That's why I would never dream of calling myself a coach because I don't try and draw the ideas out, I will say, and I will empower. Um, mm. So I'd like to think that, yes, I do, but more I teach people about the potential mm. and I, I'm almost like the key. I will unlock the potential of um, what someone has inside them, but also what their business has to offer um, and what they're capable of doing, I think. Yeah, I'm glad your boss didn't, your former boss didn't actually urinate at your back. That was <laughs> talking about historical wee-wee crimes there, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a good old Yorkshire saying. Um, and it was, it was one of those that it stuck with me for a really long time because I liked, I liked the ethos behind it and what it actually stood for. Definitely not the whole peeing up your back thing. <laughs> 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 it's, it's brilliant so what well, I mean in terms of um, like clients who you've had or, or have who have been the most satisfying in terms of the transformation um, the things that you've taught them things that you've awakened in them are there any that you would like to that, that sort of spring to mind then as being the most um, satisfying yeah there's a couple um, I've got um, an amazing client who's a personal trainer and she was spending a lot of time one-to-one -one with clients um, and not charging anywhere near what she should have been charging for, for that one-to-one -one time. Because I genuinely believe that one-to-one -one time is um, really special because you get so much more from a, a service, a person in that one-to-one -one, um, than you ever would in a course or a membership or a, by reading their content in a book. Um, mm. And this particular uh, personal trainer came to me and sort of said, I am maxed out. Everybody wants me. I have a waiting list. And it was very exciting for this, you know, for her. But it was to the point where she physically couldn't earn any more. There was no way of her earning any more because she couldn't invent more hours in the day. Mm. And it wasn't giving her the freedom that she thought she should be having as, as a result of running her own business. You know, she wasn't spending time with her family. She was at the bottom of a garden in her studio training someone at nine o'clock at night instead of tucking her children in and she came to me and said what can we change what can I do about this and this was um September last year and so in the course of the last six months we've worked together and we've come up with multiple diverse income streams for her um, where she can continue to serve her customers and her clients and not only the ones that were queuing up to work with her one-to-one -one, but those guys what I call the potential customers on the periphery mm. so the people who want to work with her but can't because of geography so that you know they're in the wrong location so logistics prevent her them from working together um, but also the um, the affordability because as a as a personal trainer you are also always going to have people that are, can't quite afford to work one-to-one -one with you and that's understandable so she was able to not only provide for lots and lots and lots of people by opening a membership um, that supplies everything that you possibly need from a health perspective it also gave her the drive and passion to be able to do more um, because she didn't just want to be a personal trainer she wanted to talk to people about wellness as a whole mm. um, and so that's given her the opportunity to do that and that all kicked off literally just before um, the pandemic kind of hit us mm. and so now she's not only she's doing personal training online and, and using the digital tools that we've talked about and have provided her with but she's also earning a hell of a lot more money than she ever would have dreamed of 
just working one-to-one and it's so exciting to see that joy and the fact that she is able to serve all those people is well for me it's the best feeling in the world it's it's Mm. absolutely awesome yeah and it's it's the true meaning of the phrase passive income isn't it and this is the the the, uh, off-cues phrase by the snake oil salespeople isn't it um you could uh, enjoy the laptop lifestyle uh (laughs) working 10 minutes a day and then go um but what what is a, a passive income just to be really clear to people because many people would say there's no such thing as a passive income wouldn't they but what would be your take on that for me it's about um turning and looking at what you're already doing and going from one to one to one to many and usually that's an uncapped one to many because you can serve one person great in an hour and charge them an hour's fee however if you were serving 10 people in the same hour charging a slightly lower rate you're still going to earn more so for me then you start looking at opening memberships and courses um, which is semi-passive in my world in in my eyes um, because you are serving an uncapped number of people all at the same time and I know I say serve but I feel like as business people that's what we should be doing we should be Mm -hmm. serving our customers and providing massive value um, and being helpful but then on the other side of it for me passive income is about doing the work once but then reaping the rewards over and over again so true passive income i'm not sure is a hundred percent a real thing because there is always some aspect of management there Mm. even with silly little things like you've written yourself an ebook well you still need to occasionally update it if it talks about a product or service that's gone out of date you know Mm. There, there is always going to be something that might need management, mm. but we're not talking about the direct exchange of time for money. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, that's the cherry on, on top of the cake for me, because if you can do that in more than one way, so you get multiple income streams coming into your business, you can be working one-to-one with someone whilst receiving income from a membership, whilst receiving the ka on on your mobile phone from a course sale or a book sale. Mm. And it's just, it's the best because it allows you then to remove the one-to-one element of your business, whether that's as a maker or creator or service provider, but still earn money. So you can actually take time off. And that for me is what passive income is about. It's about the flexibility of being able to do more and earn more at the same time. Mm, Okay. Lovely. So, so you educate and empower people to, uh, to realize, to unleash, unlock something within themselves that enables them to do that and enables them to believe that they can do that and actually put it into practice, which, which is uh, a kind of, a kind of magic, I would would say, in in a positive sense. Oh, it's so nice. For me, it's it's obvious. Um, And I think when you're in your own business, you often can't see the wood for the trees. And so you need someone like me or, you know, in a different field to be able to come and point out what, what you could change or what you could do. And then the light bulb goes on and I can leave that light bulb on and off I go and help somebody else. You know, that's, that's kind of, I think sometimes it's just nice to have someone looking in from the outside in an objective way. Yeah. And, and that's that's what I can offer. So definitely not magic, but it's nice to hear it referred to as that. Definitely. Well, I mean, you say that, but, but you know, if this podcast exists at the intersection uh, between education, technology and creativity, then what you're saying is quite closely aligned to those things, those uh, concepts, isn't it? So, I mean, what we can do is break those down to an extent. So the, the magic comes from you actually from the light bulb going on, isn't it? With your, with your clients or in your clients. And that, that must be really satisfying when you've actually taught somebody to do something and you can see them responding to it. 
Yes, very much. It is the, the best feeling in the world. And actually, as part of the whole, the evolution of, of this and doing this, originally, I started by directing um, my clients to alternative platforms and softwares and, and, and places that they could go in order to facilitate their new course, membership, ebook, etc. But as a result of, of trying to make everything as automated and streamlined and awesome as possible um i actually worked with a web with a, a developer and we've built a platform that actually does it all mm. so not only now can i say i can teach you how to do this now good luck go and find a software that works for you i can say actually there is also this software that does everything that i'm suggesting that you do in your business mm. and you can do it all from one place because mm. that's it, it goes even further towards the aligned element and the automation to make everything as as seamless and as easy as possible so you know you can go and put your feet up on a beach for a fortnight mm -hmm. and not have to worry that everything's everything's died a death and you, you know you come back and you've got no clients and no business left you know yeah absolutely that's really good and and uh, and I know, I know this from building websites on wordpress and stuff like that they, they take so much updating don't they and uh, everything has to be very much aligned um to your goals and um, yeah. when the technology gets in the way as it does with education then you have a huge problem don't you yeah, exactly. And actually, this all came about because of a conversation with the web developer that I was working with was working and wanting to help in the education industry, was wanting to make things easier for teachers to access the content that they needed. Um, and he, because he's a really young, aspirational young man, um, and he, he just wanted to make a difference. Um, having been involved in a swim school, um, he, was, he was wanting to create something that was good for the swim school side of things. But then he was also wanting to help with the first aid education that was coming into schools as well. And he said, well, how can we do this to make it really easy for, um, for schools to access the, the information that they need, but without having to have someone physically stood in front of the classroom and costing an arm and a leg, um, you know, literally from the first aid point of view. Um, so he was looking at all this and we realised that there was a facility to be able to provide something for them, but then also to, to use that software and just kind of give it a little bit of a pivot to provide something for the, for the business world as well. Um, so, yeah, he's very, very talented and it, it all comes from an education passion, definitely. So I've been mean, talking of technology. You know, I've said before that this, this, uh, what this podcast is not, is to geek out about tech, right? Yeah. So that's not what I'm about at all. But uh, given that you've moved on, uh, you've moved on from uh, using existing platforms that weren't working as well as your own that you developed with a developer. Um, are there any that you'd like to talk about as being um, either particularly? helpful in as a stepping stone to what you're doing now to the platform you have now so for example um would it be you know say go to webinar or something like that or whatever it is that you've you've you've, uh, you've, you've used has been quite useful yeah from a software point of view send owl is amazing um that is, is so user-friendly for even a, a beginner um I, uh, it's got I mean, again, we're not going to geek out on the tech side because actually I'm not that techie. Um, but I needed a, um, a platform that was going to be able to provide me with the ability to sell and deliver digital products without me physically having to write emails and, you know, and physically do it. I wanted to hear the ka-ching and I wanted for that customer to receive what it was that they, they bought without me being involved in the process at all. Mm -hmm. And Sendowl did that for me um, because of the payment gateway 
facilities. Um, it's got its own affiliate program. So obviously I was able then to say, this is what I use. And then I reap the rewards financially for that as well. Mm. Um, but it's also allows you as a creator to make something once, sell it, um, have subscriptions as well. That's the other option on there. So it will charge monthly for you without having to worry about it. But then also for you to be able to um, get others to promote that product for you. So you could get your customers to promote that product for you mm. as an affiliate. Um, so it's for me, it's about leveraging those multiple income streams and Sendal is an amazing starter platform to be able to do that. And oh, okay. I think it's, yeah, I think it's another little developer that, that's created that in um, an American guy. Um, and it's, it's awesome. Definitely worth mm. checking out. Fantastic. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, one of the uh, tags that I, I use for this uh, podcast uh, is business related. So I know I do use things, things like you know, uh, pivot and, um, and business and things like that. So there will be some a proportion of the audience. I don't know how many exactly that are sort of, you know, entrepreneurs, if you like, and some, many of the people I've had on the on the podcast are entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. Uh, Joe Watson, for example, who doesn't doesn't like the word entrepreneur, of course, <laughs> but. Uh, doesn't. She doesn't. No. She's very regular at correcting my wording. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, it's a good place to be in, really. But the the world of pedantry is one that I inhabit, I'm afraid. So uh, yeah, but I think we're uh, we're very uh, well uh, suited uh, there. Um, and that I said that the the final part of this uh, I don't hate to use the phrase golden triangle, but but I said that this podcast is about education and uh, technology and creativity. Um, you're a creative person, Joelle in many ways aren't you i think so i think it'd be difficult to come up with new ideas for um for, for new businesses and learn about new businesses so regularly and without having some sort of creative element because you've got to think i hate the term but you've got to think outside of the box i think to mm. be able to look at someone's business and go oh i know what you can do and if I didn't go, oh, and get excited and wave my arms around, mm. then I probably wouldn't be a creative person. I think, yeah, yeah you've, you've got to have that kind of creative edge. And I always have done, but it's never been in, I've never been very good at art or writing or, or anything like that. It's always been a creative passion for other people and what you, and potential. I get really mm. excited about potential. Mm. Um, and I think that's where my creativity comes to life. I'm, I'm a fixer, I'm an ideas person. Mm. Um, yeah yeah um i mean what what is creativity to you I mean, I, i'll give my take on this uh first of it if i may so creativity for me and i'm sort of stealing somebody else's words here but it's uh it's, it's ideas that have value that only become meaningful once they're actually implemented so like i creative ideas are worthless unless they're actually put into action um, and for me, that's what that the creativity isn't creativity unless it's got those ideas of implement, that, that implementation and some kind of structure so that people get it. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's ideas and, uh, and, it, and it's got some kind of value so, so that when you tell people about it, they can connect with it. What, what, would, what would be your uh, take on what creativity is? I like that. I think that's brilliant. But for me, I would be about, I think everyone's got an element of creativity in them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it's hammered out of us as we grow up. 
Um, I think that the sense of imagination and creativity that we have as a child is unprecedented. And some of us are lucky enough to be able to keep that um, and because it, it is such a precious gift um, as we as we grow older. Um, but I mean, my five year old daughter regularly accuses me of having zero imagination. Mommy's not very good at pretend play. Um, but yet I am a creative person. So even though I can't have imagination when it comes to um, the childhood side of things, I do have imagination and creativity when it comes to grown up stuff and business and, and creative ways of solving problems. So for me, I think creativity in its own right, everyone's got it, but it's whether or not you've got that drive and that oomph to do something with it, like you mentioned. It's mm. no good if, unless you're doing something with it. And for me, it's about having the oomph and the, the determination to, to go forward with an idea, no matter how absolutely crazy it might sound to others. Mm. Mm. And that's a real creative person, I think, because you're willing to to risk it all to go for it and, and believe in your own creativity and your own ideas mm. oh, that's nice and um I, I was having another um of these chats and these podcasts uh, very recently and we talked about imposter syndrome and uh, because we all suffer from this of course don't we so I was talking about, yeah absolutely so i was talking about writing my book and how every day i was thinking i can't do this and i'm gonna make a fool of myself that kind of stuff and um we all suffer from it um and that, that's really reassuring isn't it that you know 100 of people i would say uh, suffer from it in some form but do you encounter that a lot with your clients so people who just simply don't just feel think oh no people think i'm silly i can't do that people will hear my voice or they'll see me you know or they'll, they'll think of about this name that i thought of and it'll be embarrassing yeah and i think a lot of it imposter syndrome is very much about a bother we're so bothered about what other people think of us and other people's opinions sometimes way more than our own and that's really sad and especially in women and um, i read some awful statistic about the fact that women are much more likely to succeed if they go for it but far more likely to not go for things in the first place because mm. of our perceived um, we have a, a higher perception of failure than than fellas do apparently um, and I thought oh that's really sad but yet if you look at the the figures there are more women the women who do go for it I've got this more I've got actually more successful than the guys but yet there's more guys going for it all at once so it's really sad but I agree imposter syndrome comes up constantly I mean it's it's definitely a, an issue in my life um, but I'm, I've worked with coaches and things like that to try and get over it because I think mm. it's really important because it can be a massive barrier to huge success. Mm. So have you managed to get over, the, over it, if I can just uh, be a, yeah. sort of a bogus, bogus snake or salesman counsellor type of person? <laughs> <laughs> um, no no you're fine i love it um, but yeah it was definitely was pounds an hour Sorry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, it was someone who came across way before i met any of these horrible bogus people that are around and it was she is a coach who specializes not just in coaching so she doesn't sit down and draw the answers from you and um, she specializes in a combination of coaching um, psychology and rapid transformational therapy which is a form of hypnosis and so it's it literally goes back to healing all those things that whatever it was that damaged us as children because we could have had the most ideal childhood and we still form these impressions of ourselves um, when we're very very young and it could literally be one flippant remark from an adult that mm. stays with you for the rest of your life that gives you this idea that you're not enough and mm. um, and she, I did a couple of courses with her and she allowed me to sort of trans, 
transform the way I think about myself and mm. actually my my ideas of what other people think have drastically reduced I'm really not that bothered anymore what other people think of me mm. because some people will like me and some people won't and there will always be trolls and there will always be people who are raving fans and that still makes me go oh people really like me and that's wonderful but then on the other side of it you think well good because I'm, I am helping and I am doing a good job and it's a battle every day I don't think there's ever a solution I don't think there's ever a long-term I am over it imposter syndrome thing but mm. I think we can work on it every day and it's just psychology I think once you know that you are enough and you can remind yourself of that all the time and it becomes a habit like anything else hopefully it stays with you and you can just keep keep going and keep moving forward mm, yeah, I'd imagine that that one thing um, that, that, that people talk about that was said to them during childhood started with the phrase you will never is, it, is that true I don't know a great deal about this kind of thing but I'd, I'd imagine that's the case wouldn't you I think so um, and I think it's also it's other things where you have made some sort you've had a perception of something as a child so for example many people have money blocks where they don't um, they don't earn as much as they potentially could or they self-sabotage when they get to certain income levels mm. and that's because they don't feel deserving of that income and it could be because they've overheard their their parents when they were a child arguing about money um, and it could be it could also be something along the lines of um, they, they may have overheard um, people arguing about another topic that then gives them a negative perspective and a negative view. Money equals arguments equals bad. And that's the simple child brain that puts all that together. And again, I've learned all this from, from Natasha, my wonderful, amazing coachy person. Um, but it makes sense. You know, you can imagine that as a as a small child hearing these conversations you just go that money equals arguments equals bad and that's it so then going forward when money starts to come into your life you start go oh no money equals arguments equals bad no stop and you find a way to sabotage that mm, and and family so important as well isn't it in, insofar as sorry family so dead dangerous insofar as people can think you know my family don't really do this kind of thing we don't really own this level of money whatever and, and that can be extremely limiting very um, much internet. um and i, and sorry, I think you said your internet connection is unstable sorry have you got me I'm got, i've got you i'm here oh lovely yeah. <laughs> sorry i've opened the door it has a moment it decides it doesn't like it when the door's closed i apologize for that it's okay i was in a meeting of zoom meeting a couple of days ago and um somebody went uh, froze and uh, everybody said oh he's, he's just frozen oh god let's just wait a minute and he said no i haven't frozen i was just thinking <laughs> <laughs> but um no Genuinely oh, I love that. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah, so as you were saying, so family as a, a saboteur, if you like, if family is sabotaging, you know, your um, aspirations. Do, do, do you see a lot of that as well? Um, yes, I think so, because I think going away from what people expect uh, is something that we've had drilled into us since the mid-1800s. You were expected to go to school and go to work in the mill, or, you know, you were expected to do X, Y, and Z, marry a certain person, do a certain thing. This is all cultural stuff that we've had drilled into us for centuries, decades and decades. Mm -hmm. And I think even now, I look at my parents and I think, they, I followed the path that they expected me to follow. And I went and I, I was successful and I, I was I did really well and when I held my hands up and said I can't do this anymore it's just not right for me 
I think they were initially surprised. And until I'm a millionaire, they, I don't think I'll ever really fully have that 100% support. I think there will always be that level of doubt. Does that make sense? Because they're not, I'm not yeah, doing a traditional job. When will you get a proper job, Joelle, I think is what's yes. on the cusp of every conversation. And I hear that a lot mm. with all my clients, you know, so many of them say to me, oh, my mom still wants to know when I'm going to get a proper job. Um, mm. Despite the fact that they're out earning anything they ever could have earned with a proper job, as it were. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, th this is great. So th this has been so enlightening, I think, for everybody, for creative people, for people who work in business and for educators as well. I know there is an increasing number of, of educators, of, of former teachers, of portfolio careerist teacher type people who are you know, engaging with, with people who offer services like yours, aren't they? Aren't they? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, very much, very much. And if you, I genuinely believe if you've got a knowledge or a skill, it does not matter what it is. If you've got a passion for that knowledge or skill, it's fine having it. Um, if you don't have the passion behind it, you're not going to make it work because you don't 100% believe. Um, I think you've got to have that, that passion, that drive to want to push it forward. But if you have a knowledge or a skill or an expertise in a particular area, then there is the potential for you to do well with that and make it financially successful, mm. whether it's a side hustle, or whether it's your full-time um, career or whether you want to make it into your career and move away from teaching or you know what it, whatever it is I have a number of um, members of my academy who are ex-teachers and who have chosen to come away because they've become dis disillusioned with with the whole system and they want to make the impact and they don't know how to do that on their own so I'm helping them to to be able to to do that and to share their specialist knowledge and their passion for education mm. but just in a new way yeah that, I mean, that's lovely I've, I've you know, personally had a, a site also for, for many years as, as, a, as a teacher and a lecturer um, and I love it because it's a piece of me and I feel as though it, it makes me a better teacher because I'm struggling I'm struggling to figure something new out and uh, it's not easy and I understand how students feel when I'm trying to make the assumption that they know what the hell I'm talking about so I, I understand the struggle of people who are trying to um, learn something new um, but do you think that everybody should have a side hustle no, because I genuinely don't believe it's for everyone. I think mm. um, my husband's the perfect example. He is very, very content with going to work, doing his job, coming home, getting a good salary, enjoying his work while he's there and looking after our family. That, mm. that he is very content with that. If I said to him, you go and you know do something with your drawing because he's fantastic at that or do something with your home brewing because he really loves doing that it would destroy the joy for him because the, even though the passion's there he doesn't have that ability to be able to make it more because it would ruin it for him he's very content in what he has and so i think that no not everyone should have a side hustle but if you've got an idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you've got an idea that keeps coming back that is haunting you in the shower and that's popping up in the morning and suddenly when you've got five minutes and you're off staring into space you find yourself thinking about what you could potentially do with whatever skill then that is your that that's definitely the bit that says you need to do more with this mm. um but no definitely not everyone because i don't think it's i don't think it's for everyone definitely not and that's it and that idea of going to work and doing the same thing every day you get the same office and everything is, is really good for the sanity it's really good for the mental health isn't it for for many people um yeah. and 
I'd imagine that, correct me if I'm wrong, that what you say to people a lot of the time about their side hustles is that if they're already doing it, you know, if they're doing it already, but they're not actually sort of making the revenue streams work, then that's when they should jump ship or that's when they should um, put a lot more energy in and focus into it. Very much because there is potential and that's, that's the thing. I genuinely believe it's so cheesy, but I believe that your business or your idea is like a seed from which multiple income streams can grow. Because if, if there is the opportunity to add an income stream, there will be more than one and there will be ways to leverage those as well. Um, so, for example, if you're writing a book, then get it in an ebook format as well as getting it published properly or self-published. But include within that affiliate links because it's human nature to make recommendations, become affiliated as part of those recommendations and, and squeeze it all together. And then take the book apart and create blog posts and that helps your content marketing. And there's so much more, there's so much potential there. It's just about being able to see it. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice for people to be able to see more of that potential, definitely. Mm, they really would. Well, it's been really, it's really well heartily recommended by um, by Joe Watson, I have to say. But um, but oh, you, you've you. really exceeded expectations. Honestly, it's been lovely talking to Joe. I've really enjoyed that, D despite the fact that I'm deprived of oxygen and. Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, do not, don't keep Pete in hot cars. Wind no. the window down. Don't leave him for more than 15 minutes unattended. It, it really is. But don't <laughs> worry, I'll be straight to my bowl after this and be lapping up plenty of water. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, so it, we'll, we'll stay in touch and uh, I'll have a little chat with you after you've stopped recording, if that's okay. Sure, absolutely. That's it for this bonus edition of EdTech Innovators. Wasn't Joelle Byrne amazing? You can contact her at joelbyrne.com. Hopefully, we'll see more of her very soon. Well, that's it for me. Please take care, look after yourselves and stay well. See you later.